welcome in. I, I love every one of you, but I didn't come here to see you necessarily. I came here to see Jesus. Amen. I came here to be in his house. Amen. Praise God. I got to be careful. I'm going to get into my second half of the service if I'm not careful. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you all for your offering and tithe. Lord bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. So what have we been talking about? Seeking first the kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Amen. That that needs to be, I mean, we're, we're going through that part of, of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter uh, 6, but but really, the key scripture there is what? Matthew 6, 33. You should know that like you know your own name. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. It's kind of like that scripture that says that all, everything is based on two commandments. What are they, Brother Richard? Well, well what are they? Love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And all the commandments are bound up in those two. Amen. And so that, that scripture, Matthew six thirty three, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Man, that's, that's a scripture to live by. But we don't live by the second part only. We like the all these things shall be added unto you part. But the first part is the hard part. Amen. Because if you if you were to do a study of the word seek there, that whole scripture, it, it means a whole lot more than just doing one of these like this. Amen. It requires effort and time and energy and commitment. Amen. And putting yourself to, to the side. Amen. Like John the Baptist said, that I might decrease, that he might increase. That's what it's about. It's not about who we are anymore, amen. Who we are didn't matter when we came to an altar and said whatever. We all made a commitment in our mind. We might not have said it verbally. We might not admit it to one another. But we said something Along these lines to God, I'll do whatever you got to do. want me to do, God. I'll serve you if you'll fill me with the Holy Ghost. If you'll change my life, I'll do whatever you got want me to do. And God knows your thoughts. Amen. You read through the New Testament, Jesus always knew their thoughts. And he responded to what they were thinking before they even knew he knew. Amen. So we're going to continue to talk about seeking the kingdom, amen. But uh, kind of a, uh, I felt like I wanted to just kind of mention one scripture and talk about it real quick, and then we're going to get into the lesson. But there's a scripture in 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17 that says all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's and somebody could probably quote the rest of this, but I'll go ahead and read it. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God that word man there is not male. That's humanity. So that means everybody. That the man of God, and that's not just talking about a man of God like a preacher. That's just, that's us. As people of God. 
that the people of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Not our own good works, his good works. Okay, and so that, that in that scripture it says, given by inspiration of God. That is one Greek word. It's actually a combination of two Greek words. And it's theonusto. Theo is God. Nusto is, or the breath or blow, right? Breath. So it, what it means is that it's prompted by God, divinely inspired, and, and that word only occurs, according to the, the concordance that I looked in, it says it only occurs in 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is given, given by inspiration of God. It's inspired by God. It's breathed of God. All Scripture so it's there in this book, and it's profitable if you use it. Amen. You can make a lot of money on the stock market. It could be very profitable for you, but what does it take? You have to invest your money and take the risk that you might lose your money. And there's a lot of people that do that that are day traders, and they that's all they do all day long, like going to the casino and pulling a, a slot machine. They are gambling their money. They're playing the odds. And so we, in, a, in a sense, that's what we do. We have to trust God, if you want to say play the odds, that God's right. Is there anybody that doesn't believe this book is 100% inspired by God? This is his book. These are his words. To us. And it's profitable for all these things. For doctrine, reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And the Amplified Bible says every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration, and profitable for instruction, for reproof, and conviction of sin. That's the Amplified. For correction of error and and discipline in obedience. I don't know about you, but I still need God every day to help keep me on the straight and narrow. You know, that God gave me a scripture when I was called to preach, and I was questioning, wondering whether my calling, where it was really from God or not. And he gave me Philippians 1 and 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I didn't begin the work in me. He did. So he's going to continue to do that. I have to let him. But he's going to continue that work in me until the day that Jesus Christ comes. So I need him. We need thee. You know that song we sing, I need thee every hour. I need you, Lord. I I wasn't doing very well by myself before I got the Holy Ghost. And I'm not about to try to take it back and say, okay, I got the Holy Ghost now. Where's my cell phone? Okay, God, I got the Holy Ghost. I'll pull it out when I need it. No, it's not what he asked us to do. So anyway, he goes on to say, For training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will, in thought, purpose, and action, so that the man, or the man or woman, or the individual of the human race, the person of God, may be complete and proficient well-fitted, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Amen? When I started being a telephone man 
1984 when I joined the Army, I had no clue. I could turn a screwdriver. That's about it. But they started training me to be a telephone man. Was I good at it at the beginning? No. But 30-something years down the road, I can do it without even thinking. Right? Why is that? Because over time I became proficient because I devoted myself to continually learning. What they taught me in 1984 doesn't even apply anymore for the most part because technology has changed. What have I had to do? Keep up with technology. Learn the new stuff. Amen. So we can't take from our initial experience with God and just hang out right there. You have to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And over the years, that's meant, you know, we had one of our instructors yesterday in PI was saying that there were some people that came in his church that somebody in his church won them to the Lord. And within a couple of years, that new convert passed that guy up spiritually in their growth because they were so devoted to growing and that which meant that that other guy must have been kind of stagnant kind of like i'll settle for where i'm at let's not do that amen amen this this word that we that that i get up here and brother parker gets up here anybody brother putnam anybody comes up here this word is quick and powerful sharper than any two-edged sword it's able to divide asunder the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Let's let this word do something in us. Let it challenge you. I want it to challenge me every day. Every day. Amen. So we're going to kind of skip down to, uh, you can put that back up there now, Sister Michaela. The key scripture that, that I was talking about in the beginning is Matthew 6, 19 through 34. But we're going to kind of jump down to Matthew 6, 24 through 32. And we're going to letter C on your sheet, which says, Realizing that our lives are in his hands. And I put a little caveat, a little parentheses, little <laughs> in there that says, We voluntarily put it there. We put our life in his hands. How many knows that? When you came up here, when you, when my friend in, in Okinawa, when he, when he finally let go of the pew and went up and got the Holy Ghost, he said, he said he had white knuckles. He said he was so afraid of what people thought, of all kinds of stuff. But when he finally let go of the back of that chair and went up there, it, was, it transformed his life. It's the best thing he ever did. And what did he do when he did that? He put his life in the hands of God and said, I can't do this anymore. I need you. We all need him every day. So Matthew 26, 24 says, no man can serve two masters. There's a lot there. I mean, we could just talk on that for the next 45 minutes. No man can serve two masters. i got to really hurry up. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Talking about loyalty. You're going to have loyalty to one or the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Don't, don't be worried about your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet 
for your body what you shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment. Are there not more important things in life than these things? Yes. Behold the fowls of the air. They sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field. They have How they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And I say unto thee that even Solomon in all of his glory and all the great and wonderful clothes that he had made to put on as the king, he was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith? Do we really trust God for everything? Right? Or do we trust God for some things and trust Walmart and Kohl's and all these other places for other things? I'll trust you for this stuff, God, but I have to go. Right? Amen. God. I mean, God can just tell somebody to give you a car if he wants to. If you have a need for one, not just because you want one, but if he wants to tell somebody to give you $1,000, he can do that. If he knows the need, if he knows, if he knows the circumstance, and I, there's stories, you know, Brother Parker's told the story about the money that came in at the men's conference in Kentucky that he had already promised to somebody else, and God brought it, and it, and just, you know how, just see how God does that? Yeah, <laughs> we're not pulling anything new on God. He's got this thing. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles, or the heathens, seek. For ye are heavenly Father, knoweth what you have need of. Don't pursue the things in the flesh, the things of this world. God's going to take care of that. That doesn't mean that we don't go shopping. But we don't make that the thing that we, that's all we do. Amen. It's hard in our society harder i think sometimes to trust god because we live in a in a country and in a society that is very well off by comparison to the rest of the world if you make fifty thousand dollars a year and you live in a two-bedroom apartment and you have a car in your driveway and money in the bank you are considered wealthy by some people in other countries and you might think you're a pauper but you're considered wealthy, and so we have it good in this country, and that makes it really hard for us to trust God for things. Amen? You know, I, I can't buy shoes like most people because of the size of my feet. I can't just walk into a store and buy shoes. i got to go to a special store or order them online. And sometimes, I, you know, I just sit there and say, God, you know, you gave me these things. Won't you just send me some shoes? Right? And I'm waiting for him to do that. Amen? And I believe that he won't just send me just any pair of shoes. Here's some old ugly ones. He'll send me some good ones. It'll fit me perfect. But I have to, I have to make myself, 
I guess, in a way, learn to trust him and not pursue those things. Matthew 10, 28. If we could 10, 28 through 30, 31. Matthew 10, 28. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body. You better have a healthy fear of God and his ways. Amen. This world's gonna gonna take try to mess with you. They're gonna persecute you. They're gonna come against you, but they can't touch your soul. And I'm kind of shifting gears away from the natural. To, to emphasize that we need to be focused on the spiritual things. God's going to take care of us in the natural, is he not? Amen. He keeps turning that check engine light off in my truck. It's like every time I go to AutoZone to have him read my computer, the next thing I know, that light goes off. And I just say, thank you, God. 203,000 miles on that thing. <laughs> I give credit to him. Nothing I did. It's nothing that guy at AutoZone did. It's just God's. I just told him. I said I need this thing to last a little while longer, and I think he's he knows that. He can make make it so their shoes don't wear out in, for forty years walking on little thin pieces of leather. Then he can surely take care of my truck. And I just have to believe that. It just sounds almost far fetched and silly. It's like the, the person in the media that, that's been railing on our vice president and saying that he's, he's lost his mind because he said, I talked to God, and that's okay. But then when he said, but God talks back to me, they went, uh, he's out of his mind. He's, he's done gone crazy. Somebody actually said that. People out there really believe God doesn't talk back to us. Oh, yes, he does. Oh, yes, he does. Amen? He does. He sees, he knows. He knows what you have need of, even before you ask him. Amen? He knows the circumstance and situation, and we can't, we just have to trust that God is in control. You know, you have a situation in your family or somebody you're praying for, and you just, you just want God to come right now and deliver them out of whatever it is that has them bound. And you're not understanding why God's not here right now because you prayed right now. Sometimes God has a purpose why that person's going through that. And he'll, get, he'll answer your prayer. You just keep praying. Amen. There's been many, 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 many people that have come to God from the prayers of a great aunt or great uncle or an aunt, grandma or somebody that prayed for them through their whole life and they never came to God and that person that was praying for them died. And all of a sudden one day they walked in the door of a church and it was because of the prayers of that that family member, that person that was praying for them. God doesn't forget that. Amen. All right, running out of time. He's not going to leave his chosen generation and his royal priesthood out there hanging amen does that mean that he's not going to allow us to go through some things for our for the purpose of purging us and making sure that whatever is going into that place up there called heaven is pure because there is no 
nothing that is not pure that's that's going to go there. Am I right? Is that what the Bible says? And so I don't know about you, but I want the Lord to make sure that I am purified. And what does it take to make gold 100% pure? Lots of fire. Lots of heating up and cooling down. Heating up and cooling down, right? What You know, if you take one of these double knockout roses and you plant it in your yard and it's about a foot tall, what does it take to make that thing look like it's thick? You have to constantly prune it. And you think, well, why would I prune all that beautiful growth off of there? Because that's how you do it. That's how you make it grow more thick and, 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 and heavier leaves and branches and more beautiful flowers. Amen. That's how it works. So we have to go through a pruning process. Amen. Exodus 16 and 8 says, And Moses said, This shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, for that the Lord heareth your murmurings, which ye murmur against him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. <laughs> when I read that, I thought, Wow. Does God hear, does my prayer to God sound like murmuring? Think about that. Oh, God, why don't you take care of this? We're so hungry. Oh, my God. You know, do we sound like that whiny to God? Amen. Amen. He said he would take care of us. He said he would take care of us. In Exodus 16 and verse 4, he said, Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will, I underline those words, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go and gather certain rate every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or not, whether they will trust me or not. I took them out of Egypt. I delivered them through the Red Sea. I'm trying to prove to them. I'm trying to find out if they really trust me or not. Do we really trust God? Amen? I have to trust God that he sent me here to Wisconsin. It doesn't mean that I have to understand it. It just means that I have to trust God. If he's the same God that saved me, and gave me that scripture one day, Philippians 1 and 6. He's the same God that's healed my kids and healed my, my wife and healed me and touched our lives and, and provided all that he's provided for us. I have to continue to trust him and believe he's not going to just bring me to a place and just leave me there and left me leave me out there hanging. Amen? Are we not his chosen people? Doesn't he call us his his chosen generation, his royal priesthood, his holy nation, his peculiar people that he has set apart. Amen. He's going to provide for us. Matthew 13, verse 14 says, And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and not perceive. Amen. It's one thing to read the Word of God and say, yeah, that's what it says. 
but it's another thing to understand it. And I have to pray sometimes and say, I don't understand my circumstances, God. I don't understand my situation. I don't understand why you're not, and you know, giving my list, why you're not doing this, why you're not doing that. Anybody else besides me ever feel that way? Amen. Amen. But I, instead of seeking to, I guess, seeking to understand it, just seek the kingdom. He'll give you understanding. Amen. You'll understand it better by and by, right? Amen. There's been moments in my walk with God where it was until way down the road, past the circumstance and the thing I was going through, that I looked back and saw the reason why I had to go through that. And I went, oh, duh. Now I see why I had to go through that. That was for me. Or that was for that circumstance or situation. Amen? So he's not always going to give us the reasons why he's allowing things in our life. Is there anybody in here, and and I guess this includes those that are listening online or might listen to this later, is there anybody that can honestly say that there's ever been a time that God hasn't provided something for you, that he hasn't come through in your life? Nobody. We can. None of us can really say and point at one situation and say, yep, God didn't come through in that. Right? He's always faithful. Amen? He may not come when you want him. What's the rest of that song? But he'll be there right on time. Amen? Amen. There's testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony of little churches that people have been out in towns where nobody's they have nobody to fellowship with, where they're trying to raise up a work for God, and it came down to the last day of their rent was due, and they had no money in the bank and no chance of any money coming in, and they were saying, "Okay, God, you see, if we don't pay the rent, they're going to kick us out of our building," and the money shows up. There's testimony after testimony like that. Amen? Groceries show up on the doorstep. Right? God is not going to just leave us hanging. And he said unto his disciples, and this is in Luke 12, 22, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What you shall eat, neither your body, what you shall put on. The life is more than me, and the body more than raiment. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than a bird, than the fowl? Amen. If nobody went to the store and bought seeds and put them in those little bird feeders, the birds would not die. (laughs) They're probably overeating. (laughs) We're helping God. Those poor birds, i got to feed them. Amen. God's going to take care of those birds. He's going to take care of us. Amen. He didn't call us to just sit us in a chair and say, sit there and wait till I come. He didn't do that. Amen. Amen. And that's just another 
variation of what Matthew said. And so we've got to be careful. We got to be careful that we and see what the Lord is really trying to get at there. If you if you go before that, the couple lessons before this, he was talking about your treasure. Be careful where you put your treasure. Be careful where you what what you emphasize in your mind as important. Your your bank account, your finances, your your whatever, your vehicle, you know, whatever it is. Be careful where your treasure is. You know, I've it's often I've heard it said many times you could tell where somebody's treasure is by looking at where their che- all their checks are written in their checkbook. Right? It kind of is a pointer to where their treasure is. Amen. And so we've got to be careful and and what's the Lord trying to do even through this scripture? He's trying to warn us about becoming covetous. You know, desiring things. Isn't that what society is telling us indirectly? Don't wait. If you want that furniture, you can have it right now. Just sign this document and go in debt. You don't have to wait. That's what the commercials say. (laughs) That's right. You don't have to wait and save up the money and go pay cash for that furniture. You can just come get it right now. We'll we'll sign you up for 18 to 24% interest. Right? That's how they do it. Oh, you don't have to wait. Just get this credit card. You can go just charge and get anything you want. Amen. We got to be careful. We can find ourselves slowly sucked into that vacuum of not trusting God for anything. And then when do we turn to God? When it's like that. When we're down on the ground, oh God, save me right now. When we're tens of thousand dollars in debt. <laughs> you know, be satisfied with what you have, right? That's what the Bible says. Be content with what you have. Tell that soldier, be content with your wages. Amen. God is faithful. I did not see this job at the VA coming. It snuck up on me. But that's how God works. It's not I'm not there for the money anyway. I've already memorized the names and faces of every person I work with. I've already put them on the top of my prayer list. God's already starting to work in their lives. It's in little ways. It's starting the the chinks in the armor are starting to crack already. Amen. And so that's why I'm there. That's my field. He's going to take care of me. If I put his stuff first, if I seek first his kingdom, that's the principle there. Seek first his kingdom and all these other things, all the all the stuff that we worry about will be added unto you. What does that scripture say? Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. He kno- And he knows what we have need of. So, you know, maybe our prayer needs to be, God, you know I need this. And you know that I don't have it. So, God, if, if, if you would see your way in, you know, it's kind of how we approach God sometimes. 
humbly, humbly before the throne of grace. Amen? You know, we got to think about Job sometimes. You know, when Job had it all good and everything was good and he had all the camels and sheep and, and all this stuff and family and grandkids and everything and God can just take that stuff away from you just like that. Amen? Oh, well, that only happens to Job. That only happens in stories in the Bible, right? Mm-mm. Amen. You look at Paul's life. He pretty much lost everything. He was high up in, in, as a Pharisee. He was well-known and he was well-respected and he lost all of that willingly. As I said at the beginning, he willingly laid his life down and said, I'm not my own anymore. I've been bought with a price. If I'm owned by the slave owner, he's going to take care of me. Paul was a slave to his religion, right? To his religious ways. We were slaves to sin. We made ourselves a slave to the Lord. Willingly. Amen? Because we are not our own, right? We're bought with a price. For without him, we can do nothing. Amen? I can't do anything without the Lord. I'm going to tell you a quick story. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to give me my share of the inheritance that our father left us. Jesus said to him, Who appointed me to be judge over or to divide your inheritance. He told the people, be careful to guard yourselves from every kind of greed. Man, are we living in a world full of greed? It, that sphere can get off on you where it, you don't even trust God anymore. You trust your pocketbook, your paycheck, amen, your employer. You trust everything but God. Amen. Life is not about having a lot of material possessions. Then he said, used this illustration, he said, a rich man had land that produced good crops, and he thought, what should I do? I don't have enough room for, to store my crops. I got so much stuff, I'm just going to have to go build another warehouse somewhere. And I'm going to build bigger barns. And he said, you've stored up a lot of good things for years to come. Take life easy and eat and drink and enjoy yourself. Does that describe our society today? Oh, man. I'm going to buy me an airplane and a boat. And I'm, I'm going to have to have somewhere to store all that stuff. And, and I'm going to have all the nice cars. And I'm going to, you know. But God said to that man, you fool. I will demand your life from you tonight. Now who will get what you've accumulated? Can't take it with you. That's how it is when a person has material riches but is not rich in his relationship to God. So I guess that's where I'm going with this, with this part of this lesson. Our relationship with God is the most important thing that we can nurture, that we can build up. There's nothing wrong with having relationships with people. I, I develop the relationship with my wife every single day. I don't ever stop doing that. Right? If I ever stop or if she ever stops, it'll stop growing, won't it? Right? So those relationships, those friendships, we have to nurture them. Right? 
So we need to not forget to nurture our relationship with the one who made us, who gives us life and health and breath every day, who saved us, and who's going to be the only one that's going to say either well done or go the other way. And like one preacher said, a lot of people are going to know when they stand before God and he starts asking questions. They're going to know. And they're going to turn their head and walk away because they know. They know what they've done. They know they've neglected their relationship with God. It's all about our relationship. That's what that Seek Ye First is all about. Develop and maintain that relationship with him. Amen? Don't worry about all this stuff that you're worrying about. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, we shouldn't plan for the future and all those kind of things. We should. And I do. But I'm not collecting up a bunch of worldly possessions. Amen? I'm doing things to make sure my kids are taken, my sons and my grandkids are taken care of, or my wife is taken care of if something happens to me. Amen. But ultimately, God's going to take care of them. God's going to take care of them. Amen? Amen. He told us to seek first his kingdom, did he not? And you know, Job, he didn't, the Bible says he didn't charge God foolishly. Amen. Job understood. Job understood. Amen. And we've got to understand today that it's not about us. It's not about our little kingdom. It's about his kingdom. Amen. We need to realize, as letter C says, that our lives are in his hands. Amen. And he's he has something for us to do. Amen. He has a job for us to do. And so it's up to us to seek and to find what that is. And it's right here in this book. You, it's, it's easy to understand. It really is. He doesn't make it hard. He makes it easy. Amen. And so next week we're going to get into the last letter D of this lesson. And uh, I believe God is ministering to the people in this room. Those that are listening online, and uh, not that I'm anybody or anything, but God is using this lesson to minister. I I can't tell you the times as a new convert. I mean, I filled up notebooks with notes. I couldn't write fast enough, amen, because I was just just wanting to know more, wanting to understand more. I wanted to give as much to this as I did to the world, amen. And so we, you know, you never stop learning, right? We never want to stop learning, and we never want to stop growing in God. Amen? Amen. None of us has arrived until we hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So until then, we've got to strive for perfection. We've got to strive to get to that place. Father, thank you for this lesson this morning. Have your way in the remainder of this service. And have your way with Brother and Sister Parker as they minister today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be.